Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com. The internet is a big dumpster. Fuck off, jerk off! I don't wanna hear it! Fuck off, jerk off! Read it to the lyrics! Don't let the fuck you feel 
All right, everybody, welcome to The Plex. We do this show live usually at 7 p.m. on uh, Sundays. I had some stuff come up today and wasn't able to get the show prep done in time. So we started at 9, which is a uh, normal starting time around here for most of our other shows. You can uh, check out echoplexmedia.com to find more information about all of the things we're doing. Check out our other shows, especially How the Tech Are You? That one's not live, so uh, maybe our live viewers aren't even really aware of it. Anyway, I'm producer Dave. Uh, you can find me on Grinder, and uh, this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. Oh, there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crackle, pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. But donate the cops, donate the cops But donate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 much about the Beetlejuice incident, but uh, Lauren Boebert did, in fact, go to uh, One American News Network to uh, talk about the uh, Beetlejuice incident, and um, that's the only thing we're going to run about the Beetlejuice incident, and we will not speak of it otherwise. We just had Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, announce an impeachment inquiry yesterday. Uh, we're facing a government shutdown and, and trying to fund the federal government. We have a wide open southern border. We have uh, Zelensky threatening to send uh, refugees here. And what's the top story? Lauren Boebert getting kicked out of the Buell Theater in Denver, Colorado. It's what the media Beale. does. It's what the media does. 
So yes, what, it is. what, what it's went what down? Do. You know, um, I was a little too uh, eccentric. I, I am. I'm very known for having uh, a animated personality, uh, maybe overtly animated personality. I was laughing, I was singing, having a fantastic time, was told to kind of settle it down a little bit, uh, which I did, but then uh, my next slip up was uh, taking a picture of- Right, uh, you can't take any images of the play, I've done it too, I've snuck them, Right, so you got thrown out because you took a pick and you weren't supposed to, but you know what, here's my whole thing. Arguing. There's reports saying that I was arguing, threatening to call the Denver mayor. I don't know why I would ever call the Denver mayor. I think he would have tried to lock me up. Yeah. Um, there's reports saying I was on the board of something. I don't know what I'm on the board of. Uh, I'm on the edge of a lot of things, let me tell you. Uh, but <laughs> well, probably the people that complained, here's what I'm thinking. You're in Denver, Lauren. It's very liberal. The people that complained to the ushers that you were being noisy could have recognized you and been like, oh, I think that's that MAGA girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know how they are. I get it. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, I think you explained it well enough, and the mainstream media can take a fly in. <clears throat> you take care. Have a good day. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye, Dan. Yep. Up next. State of Cal. Oh, they didn't. They buried the lead. Um, that's not why she got kicked out. <laughs> Anybody can look up why she got kicked out. That's not why she got kicked out. She may have also been like being, being annoying, but that's not why she got kicked out. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the former president, Donald Trump, um, promises to uh, pardon some people. If you could imagine that. Here he is at some event in Washington, D.C. From this wonderful website called Twitter. I'm sure you've heard of it and all of its its problems. Anyway, there we go. The political repression is immoral and it's very, very un-American and it's very dangerous for them to be playing that game. To reverse these cruel travesties of justice, tonight I'm announcing that the moment I win the election, I will appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who's been unjustly persecuted by the Biden administration. You know what's going on better than anybody, so that I can study the situation very quickly and sign their pardons or commutations on day one. I want to sign them on day one. I want to see what's going on. It's a horrible thing that's happening. So some of these, okay, so these are people that are being charged by the federal government. The problem is uh, if they, I don't think a lot of these people are going to admit that they uh, did it. So, or whatever, like they have to admit that they were guilty to accept the pardon. That's what a pardon is. So we'll see how this goes. Um, here, Trump went on a uh, Megyn Kelly's show and, um, he's going to talk about the documents. He was, I don't know. They were the they were great documents. They were the best documents. Nobody ever hoarded documents as well as him, or he was supposed to have them or something like that. Uh, we have a deranged guy named Jack Smith who's been overturned at the Supreme Court a number of times. And he gets overturned. You know why he gets overturned? Because he goes too far. They don't even mention the Presidential Records Act. This is all about the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to have these documents. I'm allowed to take these documents, classified or not classified. And frankly, when I have them, they become unclassified. 
people think you have to go through a ritual. You don't. It, at, at least in my opinion, you don't. At least in my opinion, you don't have to go through the declassification process. It's just like I just took them, therefore they're unclassified. Easy peasy. We'll see how uh, we'll see how that plays out for him. I'm not I'm not hopeful on the um, on the the. Uh, the documents one the one that i think he's going to get uh, nailed in is the georgia one i think but that's just my opinion and we'll see how it goes anyway here's more of that uh, interview with uh, megan kelly but the question is simply your lawyer signed a certification saying they turned over everything that was responsive then when the fbi raided mar-a-lago they found documents that were responsive that had not been produced I don't know what the timing is. Again, I'd have to check That's the time. That's it. I don't know. I just don't know the timing. All I know is I'm allowed to have those documents. But that, but once you get a subpoena, you have to turn them over. I know this. I don't even know that because I have the right <laughs> to have those documents. So I don't really know that. Uh, these are Democrat fascists. <laughs> I don't know that. Wait, I know that. I don't know what I know. Heck, I don't know that. These are they're they're fascists. Dude, you should have just given the documents back, like when they asked for them. Uh, like a ton of ton of presidents have accidentally, or maybe on purpose, taken documents with them they weren't supposed to take, and then somebody says, "Oh, you're not supposed to have those," and they go, "Oh shit," and just give them back. I don't know why. I don't know why this guy couldn't do that. Anyway, here's uh here he is again at another speech in Washington D.C. Uh, he's going to protect you from all kinds of people as well as some demonic forces. A little bit of Thursday night action on the, the Sunday docket here. But I wanted to and had to stand up to the communists, the Marxists, the atheists, and the evil and demonic forces that want to destroy our country. They're destroying our country. I took their fire and I did it gladly. I'm protecting the people in this room. I'm protecting the people of this nation. And I have to tell you, it's not easy, but it's something that's such an honor to be doing. It's no wonder. Thank you. <laughs> Protecting you from demonic forces. I don't even, I don't even think he's like um, religious, right? I, I think he might be an atheist, but that's weird. That's kind of a weird callback too, because people aren't really mad at like atheists or secular humanists anymore. I thought they'd kind of moved on, but maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, here's um, this is a panel on MSNBC keenly stating uh, the obvious, as they often do over there on MSNBC. Charlie, I want to turn to Trump's verbal abuse and uh, bizarre filings against Judge Chuckin. We covered them at the end of the broadcast yesterday. He's essentially arguing that her role in sentencing January 6th insurrectionists uh, disqualifies her from giving him a fair trial. Um, this seems to sync up with what Dave's talking about, that even he knows this is the trial, this is the case that represents the most um, lethal legal threat to him. Yeah, and it, it's a bogus argument that won't have any effect. If he's, if he's trying to bully the judge, uh, that won't work. Perhaps he's trying to taint the jury pool. But I actually think it's worse than that. I think what you're seeing is a full court press by Donald Trump and his, uh, his allies and his imitators to delegitimize the criminal justice system. I mean, think about the way that he has set out to delegitimize every other institution that will challenge him. 
the way that he successfully delegitimized much of the mainstream media in the eyes of his supporters. And now uh, there's a kind of a full court press at both the state and the national level to delegitimize the jury system. Uh, the grand jury system, the prosecutors, the judges, to the point where he's hoping that the majority of Americans or a plurality of Americans, I don't think a majority, but a plurality of Americans will look at this and say, um, who cares what the courts say? Who cares whether he's been convicted of any? Somebody eating chips on this clip with their mic on? We don't trust juries. We don't trust the, the courts. We don't trust the entire criminal justice system. We no longer believe in the independent judiciary. If he succeeds in doing that, in order to save his political skin, the damage that he will do will be long lasting. But again, this is why what Donald Trump represents is such a fundamental threat to our liberal constitutional democracy. It's, it's, it's not just this case or that case. It's a larger project. And I think that we ought to be concerned that he's going to have some success doing that. And it's going to have yeah. a long tail. As usual, MSNBC hosts and guests keenly pointing out the obvious. Yeah, he's trying to delegitimize the court system because the court system's coming after him. No shit, dude. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe the people that watch that people that watch MSNBC regularly need to be told these obvious things. But I don't know. It's just not very deep analysis, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, here's the uh, here's uh, this is from uh, Newsmax. And they're uh, basically admitting that uh, all this talk of impeachment uh, for Joe Biden is mostly just to hit his poll number, polling numbers, mostly uh, for the election. All right, Joe Biden, um, the impeachment inquiry is uh, is coming, is coming. And you know what? Some key Democrats, maybe they smell blood in the water. There's a guy named David Ignatius. He's a big time columnist in Washington, D.C. And he came out today and said President Biden should not run again in 2024. I don't think Biden and Vice President Harris should run for reelection. And he cites <laughs> some key reasons. Hunter and Burisma, Hunter in China and all those shenanigans and Joe Biden phoning Hunter during dinner with foreign oligarchs. David Ignatius, prominent liberal columnist, weighing in and i wonder what james comer the congressman the chair of the house oversight committee you know uh welcome back congressman how are you first of all i'm well what did you make of that is that a big deal because let's face it we've had a hard time you've had a hard time kind of breaking the democrats getting their attention the democrat media that seems like it's pretty significant that's a big deal i mean you look at the cnn poll uh, a week and a half ago that said 63% of Americans believe that Joe Biden was involved in his family's schemes. So what's happened is the Americans are getting their news from alternative sources. Uh, even though the mainstream media, including the Washington Post, hasn't given this investigation justice, now I think they realize that the American people are curious and the American people have, using, have been uh, investigating this and they realize it's not normal for a vice president's family to receive millions and millions of dollars from foreign nationals and for the vice it probably president, is normal actually. Now our current president, <laughs> to not be able to identify one single thing that the family members did to receive the money that's simple for most americans to realize now the media realizes that joe biden's polls are in the toilet and then i think the straw that broke the camel's back was ian sams who's the white house 
spokesperson. He's their lap dog that goes out and attacks me and Jim Jordan all the time. He got on the press yesterday in a panic after this uh, impeachment inquiry was announced and said the press wasn't doing a good enough job defending Joe Biden. Look, that's all the press has done is defend Joe Biden. And I think that was like Barney Fife waving an empty gun at Otis, the town drunk in Mayberry. I think that was the moment the Washington Post said enough. Okay, Joe Biden can't answer for how his family got millions of dollars. Uh, This is obviously not going to go away. Let's just go ahead and cut bait now and run and try to find an alternative next year in the presidential election. Yeah, that young man is in way over his head. Although he did say, look, uh, oh, James Comer, he's bragging about Joe Biden going down in the polls. Now, we did just talk about that, but I actually think that's okay. I mean, you're uncovering the truth about Joe Biden. The people need to know it. And quite frankly, if this softens him up for reelection, somebody like this should not be reelected. So there's value here in driving those poll numbers lower. I'm basically trying to defend against that talking point. Uh, How do you see it? Well, look, we're not talking about Joe Biden's a bad person. We're not talking about Joe Biden's policies have been disastrous. He's created massive inflation. We're talking about Joe Biden took money from our enemies. And you look at all the investigations of presidents in the in the past, you look at the impeachments of various presidents, nothing has ever been about a president taking bribes, a president's family on the take, a president's family violating the laws and this president's administration at every turn and every agency covering it up. I think this is one of the most serious political scandals in my lifetime. I can't think of anything worse from a politician at this high of a level. And I think the American people have seen this. But they've said over and over again that they don't have the goods, that they just like think that, that there's something there. Like- I think that the, the Biden administration and the Biden spokespeople, they have had ample time to try to explain where the money came from and why Joe Biden wasn't truthful about all the times he said he never met with or spoke to any of these crooks in these adversarial countries who have been sending his family millions and millions of dollars. I think when the American people see where's the, where's the evidence of this, like that they've been sending, like that's the thing is like that kind of money tends to come with a paper trail. Joe Biden was using (laughs) pseudonyms for over 5,000 emails that he was secretly communicating with his son about policies affecting uh, the son's financial ability. I think they realized that uh, everything Joe Biden said about his knowledge and involvement of his family's shady business dealings has been a lie. And I think the American people are fed up with it. I think the Washington Post realizes that. I think CBS News realizes that. And honestly, I think CNN realizes that. So I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know that there's like any uh, paper trail for any of this. That kind of money, I'm telling you, it's like wire transfers and shit. I don't think they were giving people suitcases full of money. I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. But so far, the you know they're not able to like really present anything about this. Just that they think it looks weird or whatever. And maybe it is. And maybe it's maybe it's wrong. And you know maybe there are a number of reasons Joe Biden shouldn't run. Maybe there are a number. You know his poll numbers are pretty bad. And there's you know other popular Democrats that could run. Um, I don't know. I mean, if he decides not to though, he's going to have to decide now, like right fucking now. 
because if he doesn't, if he decides late, he screws over whoever basically ends up being the nominee, I think. Um, anyway, up next is uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, if you remember, if anybody know, noticed, it was the anniversary of uh, 9-11 this week. And so uh, Ted Cruz is going to talk about the next planner of 9-11. And I do worry that we've lost of the next some of that focus. Yeah. Um, you look at the border now. We have a wide open border. It was something that was talked about after 9-11. You have a border that is could allow any terrorist to come across now. That's the easiest way to get into this country would be come across our southern border. And I worry, and we've caught people on the terrorist watch list coming across our southern border. I worry that we have forgotten the lessons of 9-11 and what security looks like. We've done it at the airports, and we've kept that up, right? We, we, you go to the airport, I think most people feel very secure when they fly, uh, the way that we've changed the way that we do security, yet we have this wide-open southern border. Yeah. Well, listen, listeners of Verdict, I think, played a real role recently responding to the Biden administration's attempt to take the death penalty off the table for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and, and the mastermind planners of 9-11, and, and we devoted an entire podcast to exposing that, and I think many people spoke out and were outraged, and at least right now it appears the Biden administration is backing away from that. And so that was something significant that, that, that viewer listeners, the, the, that verdict listeners and viewers, a difference that collectively we made when it comes to the southern border you're right i don't know if your podcast did that friendo i don't even know if like what you're saying is necessarily true we have a vulnerability on our southern border every month people are coming across who are on the terror watch list the numbers dwarf the number of known terrorists who would come in prior to joe biden joe biden's open borders are many things. They're an invitation for people to die and for cartels to brutalize children and to sexually assault women. And they're an invitation to flood this country with narcotics and fentanyl that's murdering over 100,000 people. And, and they're an invitation for Mexican drug lords to become multi-multi-billionaires globally. But it's also an invitation to terrorists. If you're the next planner of 9-11... It's obvious where you go. Yeah. You go to Mexico and you come right across and Joe Biden and the idiots in his administration will fly you to wherever you want to go in this country and you can carry out your terror attack. And sadly, every day that we have an open border under Joe Biden and the Democrats, the odds of another major attack in this country, major terror attack, go up systematically. They are exposing us. They are exposing... Vulnerabilities, whether it is someone trying to hijack an airplane or whether it is a suicide bomber in a mall or, or an amusement park or a concert or, 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 or what have you, we are vulnerable to global terrorism because this administration <coughs> has thrown open the border and will not protect us. So someone in the chat said uh, not much is substantially like changed about what's going on at the border since Joe Biden took office. And I don't know how many, how many people on the terrorist watch list are crossing. You just said there are. So who knows? Who knows? Um, I certainly hope that uh, there is no, that there is, you know, no violence of this kind. Um, but we need to, I mean, America needs to think about this. Like when this stuff, when we have mass casualty events, outside of 9-11, 
it ain't foreign people doing it. It ain't, it's, it's fucking Americans doing it. We're killing ourselves actually. So maybe we need to think about that a little bit more and maybe not be so concerned about the uh, scary people from other countries. Here's uh, Greg Gutfeld. <clears throat> I believe this is, I believe this is from the five. Yes, it's from the five and he's just gonna fucking just word salad in his, uh, what appears to be a prepared statement about uh, 9-11. I blame, I guess, our government, our education, our media for erasing our unified love for those who gave their lives saving others. Unity since then has been replaced by division. Remember Shanksville? It's no George Floyd. But we will never know. We will never know how many black, white, Asian or brown lives they saved. They gave their lives so others would live. We should be teaching that in class instead of gender dysphoria, but it's not as edgy or as cool. Why do we have time for both on 9-11? I'll make it simple. We've changed. The circumstances of Floyd's death was used to vilify every law enforcement officer in America. It's as if a total of 72 law enforcement officers didn't die on that day on 9-11, right? Wait, what? Or any other day. How many died? That just was erased. And it's funny when you remember that ISIS was an idea. They were the JV, even though they were beheading Americans and slaughtered thousands. And then Trump came along and he beheads the beheaders. And now we're going to jail him. We've replaced ISIS with Trump. An unruly protest at the Capitol is now viewed by people in the media as worse than 9-11. Is anybody saying that it was worse than 9-11? Can you find, I mean, it would be very hard to find examples of people saying that the, January, the events of January 6th were worse than 9-11. Fox today is 9-11 on CNN and MSNBC. It's Monday because mm. it's not January 6th. So we have Trump and the military to thank for not having to think about ISIS anymore which then allows us the freedom to think about jailing Trump and turning the military into an equity cult. Success brings the downfall of this country. Like, what the shit is this guy talking about? And I was like, a, like he, it wasn't like off the cuff either. That was like a prepared statement, and it was just kind of all over the place. It wasn't very, yeah, it was just very all over the place. He wanted to make sure he played the hits, I suppose. Um here we go on uh, 9-11. Uh, this is uh, Ron DeSantis in uh, New York City, and he got, got a New York City welcome. Definitely got, you know, it's probably about what you'd expect. Very, very few people uh, seem to be rushing to uh, shake his hand or say hi. Um, you know, whatever. I don't. I, I guess he's running for president, so he kind of has to do that. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's just cheesy. It's super cheesy. 
Anyway, uh, here's Rudolph. One Rudolph Giuliani was mad that uh, that uh, the vice president of the United States was uh, basically given a better seat than him at some 9-11 memorial, and he walked out. And I can't stand Harris. And I heard a giggle. And I, Bernie and I looked at each other, and I said, we got to get out of here. I can't stand at this sacred ground. To my right was not a single person I ever saw on September 11. Bloomberg showed up, you know, a couple of days later when it was safe and became mayor on the back of it and on my back. These traitors are doing nothing about it. And they're standing there. And, you know, two minutes before that, they were laughing their heads off, including Cackler. I could hear Cackler. I was down here. Everybody after me participated in 9-11. They were put at the end. Bernie Carrick, Tom Von Essen. Bernie and I almost lost our lives. We never made much of that because we're not that kind of people. But yeah, he never made a big deal about 9-11. I almost died there. Remember when he ran for office, somebody said that somebody said that his uh, whole campaign was like noun, verb, adjective, 9-11. He thought I was dead. He has a document to that effect. He thought Bernie was dead. We scraped our way out with a lot of brave people. I don't know. Do you think he almost died? In, I don't think he almost died on 9-11. I think he's lying. But who knows? Up next, we have uh, House, House of Representatives uh, Nancy Mace uh, says she supports uh, the impeachment inquiry, but uh, don't doesn't really think there's any evidence. This is uh, 10 minutes. We probably won't watch the whole thing. You support launching an impeachment inquiry into President Biden? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say at this point. I think it, there's a difference between an impeachment vote and an inquiry. The inquiry mm-hmm. would give us another tool in the toolbox specifically to look at Joe Biden's bank records. Everyone's screaming about the evidence. Where's the evidence? The bank records hold all of the evidence. And if the American people, Caitlin, if you could see the suspicious activity reports that I have seen on the Biden family, you would too would probably support an impeachment inquiry just as a tool to get more information on on specifically the bank information, bank records of Joe Biden and his family members. That's an important tool in our toolbox. So do you, does that mean you do support? An I'll support an inquiry? impeachment inquiry. Impeachment vote is totally separate, but uh, but an inquiry I would support at this juncture. And why would you support that? Because there are you're on one of the committees mm-hmm. that is investigating this. There's three committees investigating yeah. all of this, and there's a special counsel that is investigating. Hunter Biden has been investigating him for five years now. So mm-hmm. why why does there need to be an impeachment inquiry if there's already several My, ongoing investigations? Yeah, great question. My understanding is it will give us access to Joe Biden's bank records. And if we can connect the dots and show the American people where the bribery allegations stand, where the money laundering stands, showing through vis-a-vis the bank records, that is a way to do that. If you could see what I have seen, then we can't share the SARS reports because they're confidential and that would be against the law. So we have to prove it via other means, via the bank records, for example. If that gets us Joe Biden's bank records, then I'm going to support it because everyone should know what actually happened, what kind of businesses were involved, how Joe Biden was involved, the kind of money that was involved in these schemes is astounding. You would be shocked. It would you would blush, Caitlin, if you knew if you'd so seen I what I had seen. You've said this before, mm-hmm. and you, we spoke with you after you went to the Treasury Department yeah. and looked at those reports. But I mean, you, as a member of Congress, do have access to those reports. You went we and do. saw them yourself. So, 
I think a lot of people ask, you know, you've been home for six weeks. There's been no new evidence that's been uncovered or brought forward. So what is the basis now for having? Well, I think, I mean, we there are more people to subpoena, whether that's Hunter Biden, whether that's the bookkeeper, whether that's getting Shokin in to testify. There are a lot of witnesses out there that saw things that were part of meetings that Joe Biden was a part of, that that were part of the transactions that were potentially part of the bribery scheme. I mean, all that evidence the American people should be able to have and see the American. But, right. And that's what the investigation is for. I mean, she's not wrong in a way, but like if there's. If they've if they've got the goods, then they can just tell people what the goods are, right? They don't have to like be like, oh well, it's it's secret. Well, uh, uh, what uh, evidence of a crime is secret? That's weird. That's why I'm I'm this this seems like a like nothing. It seems like they're not gonna really find anything. Um, and that doesn't mean that he's not dirty or whatever. They're all dirty. It's just that. You know, it's the high crimes and misdemeanors or whatever is the standard. And if he didn't break any laws, he didn't break any laws. I mean, they can still impeach him, but they're <clears throat> they're not going to get the votes in the Senate for it. Uh, they might not even get the votes in the House for it. Anyway, we covered on um, uh, public comment, you know, the show after down ballot, we covered this Oklahoma Board of Education chair, uh, Ryan Waters. Um. And he spoke at some uh, right-wing event, and uh, he was talking about Joe Biden and all the things Joe Biden wants to do. I have two clips of this. And uh, as always, shout out to right-wing watch. Probably could not do this show. Folks, let me them. tell you, what you're seeing today is exactly what President Biden wants for our country. You guys see that we got a drag queen running a school over there in Oklahoma City? Folks, that ain't going to happen here in Oklahoma. Let me tell you that right now. President Joe Biden wants to destroy this country. He wants to destroy our schools. He wants to destroy your family. And he wants to destroy our Christian faith. Let's be really clear. That is his end goal. But let me tell you, not here in Oklahoma. It is absolutely not going to happen. We are going to be the tip of the spear to tell Joe Biden this isn't communist China, okay? This isn't California. This is Oklahoma. This is where woke goes to die, folks. Well, unfortunately, I guess uh, Joe Biden had big hopes on uh, taking Oklahoma, but uh, not going to be able to. Here is uh, more with uh, Ryan Waters. This is uh, him, uh, a part of a panel discussion. I'm just talking about the, the more the same from the uh, last clip. And again, this, as many of our clips do, this comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, shout out to Right Wing Watch. Ah, it's going to play. Fantastic. We have a drag queen principal of one of our schools who has now hired another drag queen to work inside our schools. This is what Joe Biden wants for our schools, folks. Well, I have demanded that that individual be fired. No drag queen should be running a school anywhere in this country, especially in Oklahoma. Why not? The Supreme Court has been wrong. There is no separation of church and state in the Constitution or Declaration of Independence. It doesn't exist. 
So we will bring it does. God they put it back first. to schools and prayer back in schools in Oklahoma, and we will fight back against that radical myth. Uh, they put it first. He said, "Congress shall not Congress uh, shall not respect establishment of a religion, and there is no religious test to hold office. That is separation of church and state." <clears throat> they were a little too flowery with their language. I wish they would have been more fucking specific, but uh, the courts have pretty much conservative and liberal uh, justices and uh, legal scholars have all interpreted it the same way. So, you know what? We had almost forgotten about George Santos. Did anybody here almost forgotten about George Santos? I hadn't heard much from him in a while. So when I saw a clip of him, I was like, we're going to run this clip of George Santos. I don't even know if it's any good. We just haven't run a clip of George Santos in a while. So let's see what's going on with him. Sure. Would you resign if the committee concludes that you committed wrongdoing? Look, I think that the committee should be very wary about making any hasty decision. That's been my entire uh, uh, case in point uh, with, with everything going on. The DOJ has their case. I think that it would be very responsible for the committee to have one conclusion and then something else play out in court. So my answer to your question, no. So I've mentioned... In so he's like, I wouldn't resign. I think this guy's going to win his next election. I think people have all but kind of forgotten about him. I think he's done a pretty good job of shutting the fuck up recently. And I think his, uh, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, his district is heavily Republican and he's just going to win because you can only talk about him being a lying liar who lies all the time so much. It gets boring. So yeah. Also, um, I don't know. He was at nine 11. He should have mentioned that his mom was in 9-11 or whatever the shit he was talking about. Anyway, here's uh, <clears throat> Representative Crockett uh, just kind of laying down the smack in a, in, a, in, a, in a House committee. I'm sure the majority of you never heard about this bipartisan amendment. You heard about all the other trash that they wanted to put on the floor that had nothing to do with keeping our country safe. What we need to do is focus in on the priorities, and the priorities aren't culture wars. That's not the priorities. The priorities are making sure that people are working and people are safe. And regardless of what the president said, and I love the president, I support him. Let me say that right now. COVID is still around. We have members that are out right now because they are sick with COVID. So for those that missed the memo, COVID does still exist. And these flexibilities allow people to not only be safe, but they also make sure that we are keeping our country safe. So thank you for what you do every day. Thank you for putting up with these questions. Thank you for fighting for a country that somehow doesn't seem like it's fighting half as hard for you and your employees. And with that, I would just ask for unanimous consent to enter into the record a statement from the Parallel Professionals EFM MOH in the U.S. Department of State Employee Organizations for the Spouses, Partners of Foreign Service Professionals who are civil servants, government contractors, and who work at U.S. missions abroad. Mr. Chairman, will be under the record. Thank you very much. Very nice. She's she's good. She's good. I haven't looked into her too much, but uh, we've we've run a couple clips of her. She seems pretty good. She's uh, concise. Doesn't do doesn't do a lot of grandstanding. Gets to the fucking point, and that's fucking refreshing. Someone who gets to the fucking point these days is definitely refreshing. Up next, we got uh, Matt Gates versus Kevin McCarthy, which you know. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. 
I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6 tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. At this point during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden power of the subpoena and power of the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. Power of the purse. Our <laughs> oh, I hope they <clears throat> I hope they have a whole I hope they have the whole thing where they replace him. And then that's all that. they just take weeks and weeks and all fucking argue with each other and fucking end up. I don't I don't even know who it would be. I don't even know who it would be, but uh, I'm, I'm here for it. We got uh, Senator John Kerry had a few interesting things to say uh, during a hearing. Um, thanks, everybody, in the Discord for uh, helping me put the doc together this week. I, this one, I missed this, and this is pretty good. This is um, about free speech and uh, book bans. There's two clips here. All boys aren't blue. And I will quote from it. I put some lube on and got him on his knees. And I began to slide into him from behind. I pulled out of him and kissed him while he masturbated. He asked me to turn over while he slipped a condom on himself. This was my ass. And I was struggling to imagine someone inside me. He got on top and slowly inserted himself into me. It was the worst pain I think I have ever felt in my life. Eventually, I felt a mix of pleasure with the pain. Close quote. All boys aren't blue. Yeah, worst, unless uh, somebody in chat said, worst audiobook reading ever. Um, don't ever let this man talk about uh, sex again. Here's another clip from, from that same hearing. Uh, if it'll play, Twitter being Twitter. It's called genderqueer. Okay. Let me read an excerpt from that. Quote, I got a new strap-on strap harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite dildo perfectly. You're going to look so hot. I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. 
I'm going to give you the blowjob of your life, then I want you inside of me. End quote. <laughs> yeah, don't. I don't ever want to hear this guy say any of those words ever again. Up next, uh, sometimes Fox's The Five is actually pretty great. Uh, this is a real short clip, but uh, <laughs> fucking Janine Pirro. Uh, Janine. Janine just gets wrecked by the one like kind of moderately liberal uh, co-host of The Five here. Peter, but the damage had already been done from that. And you need to find some safe middle ground where people know that the vaccine is safe for you, oh. but you don't... Oh. Well, what do you mean? You look, you're fine. You're vaccinated. What do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> it's your, it's your segment. <laughs> she tried to sow doubt. She's like, you're fine. You got vaccinated. That's great. <laughs> Fucking great. Cause she, they, they all, they all are. Cause they, they, cause they have to be in the fucking building. So. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, um, here is uh, Newsmax's Greg Kelly again. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about Biden, but then he's going to talk about hip hop, and it's uh, not going to be great. You know, workers without high school diplomas. He seems to be working, linking workers without high school diplomas to African Americans, Hispanics, and veterans, which is, I believe, his his view of things. That's how he sees the world. The man stopped growing intellectually, morally, everything in 1972. That's when he hit it big. This is one of the many reasons why he will not be running for re-election. He will have to withdraw from the race. And Kamala Harris, uh, the establishment is now saying that she should not run. Everybody knows she's a goofball. Sorry. Here she is celebrating hip-hop. Hip-hop. Hip-hop has done a lot of damage uh, to America, especially American youth, especially American youth, people of color, people not of color, all kinds of people harmed by the message of hip-hop. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, Even Jamie Raskin will not commit to uh, Kamala Harris. He should have called it hippity-hop. I actually think it's a pretty simple question. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? Yes or no? I mean, I don't know what else I can say other than she you can would say be yes. an excellent running mate and an excellent vice president. Um, I don't know whether President Biden has named his uh, running mate. We're going to a convention uh, next summer. It's, uh, you know, a year away from now. Actually, Biden already did say he wants it to be her, Kamala Harris. Look, something's up, obviously. Gavin Newsom, people are talking about him. I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to be Michelle. Michelle. It's going to be Michelle Obama. I know. She doesn't want to run uh, for gonna president. Be ugly, but it's going to be, I think, Michelle as a Democrat nominee versus Trump. Wow. We'll be right back. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's what's not going to happen. She's like on the record. She's like, I don't want to run for office. She's like been very clear that she never wants to run for office. So uh, this next clip is from a local government meeting, and um, it's obviously a citizen comment. And, well, it started with pride, and I thought it was going to be okay, but it's, it's just not. It's just not okay. Hello, my name is Erin Mazzoni, and my address is on file. I just moved here from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Hearing what this person just said really upsets me because our entire community of North fell apart. It was like watching a bad car accident for three years straight. It started out as pride coming in. 
And I thought everything would be okay. I was totally fine with them having and doing what they wanted under the laws. And it ended with a rainbow room where eight to 12 year old kids were given butt plugs and dildos and <laughs> trained. They just got a city grant for $650,000 to be able to do more training on the children. It was horrendous. <laughs> I have asked my friends there what if it's getting any better, every single one of them are leaving, and it is a very good tax base. These conservatives are good tax base people. It was absolutely horrible to watch. You think that you're doing things based on laws, but you are doing things and you are led. Like, I don't think that happened. <clears throat> I think she's, I think she's either, she believes something that someone else told her or she's just making shit up. I'm uh, not very confident that that went down. Anyway, up next, we have the CEO of the Gurner Group. Uh, doesn't seem like really he's uh, anybody's friend, and uh, that's probably for the best that he doesn't have any friends. I think the problem that we've had is that we've, you know, we, we have people decided that they didn't really want to work so much anymore through COVID, and that has had a massive issue on productivity. You know, tradies have definitely pulled back on productivity. You know, they, they have been paid, paid a lot to do not too much in the last few years. And we need to see that change. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40, 50% in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them um, as opposed to the other way around. So it's a dynamic that has to change. We've got to kill that attitude and that has to come through hurting the economy, which is what the whole global, you know, the, the world is trying to do. The governments around the world are trying to increase unemployment to get that to some sort of normality. And we're seeing it. I think every employer now is seeing it. I mean, there is definitely massive layoffs going off. People might not be talking about it, but people are definitely laying people off and we're starting to see less arrogance in the employment market. And that has to continue because that will cascade across the cost balance. What a ghoul. He's like the, the employees need to feel basically lucky to be employed or whatever. Like ideally the, the, the situation is one of mutual respect. <laughs> ideally that's not, you know, it's not how it always works. It's not how it works most of the time, but um, you know, that's ideally it shouldn't. And he's like, Oh, the governments around the world are trying to raise unemployment. I don't think anybody in office, anybody in power anywhere uh, is trying to uh, raise unemployment. That is uh, bad politics. Right. Like it's bad. If you, if your unemployment rate goes up, you're maybe not going to win your next election. So, so I think he's wrong about that. And he's also just a fucking ghoul. Anyway, speaking of CEOs, here's the CEO of general motors, uh, probably shouldn't take, uh, uh interviews. She's not great. The union is demanding, asking for a 40% wage increase over four years. They're asking for that in part because they say CEOs like yourself, uh, leading the big three, are making those kind of pay increases over the course of the last four years. You've seen a 34% pay increase in your salary. You make almost $30 million. Why should your workers not get the same type of pay increases that you're getting leading the company? 
Well, if you look at uh, compensation, my compensation, 92% of it is based on performance of the company. I think one of the strong aspects of the way our compensation for our represented employees is designed is not only do, are we putting a 20% increase on the table, we have profit sharing. So when the company does well, everyone does well. And for the last several years, that's resulted in record profit sharing for our represented employees. And I think you have to look at the whole uh, compensation package, not only 20% increase in gross wage, but also uh, the profit sharing aspect of it, world-class health care, and there's several other features. So we think we have a very competitive offer on the table, and that's why we want to get back there and get this done. But if you're getting a 34% pay increase over four years, and you're offering 20% to employees right now, do you think that's fair? Well, I think when you look at the overall the overall structure and, and the fact that 92% is based on performance and you look at uh, what we've been doing of sharing in the profitability when the company does well, I think uh, we've got a very compelling offer on the table. And that's the focus I have right now. Well, she's just saying um, I get big raises and they don't. That's all she said. And. I mean, profit sharing is good, but I just want—I just wonder, like, what what does that look like for the average person there? Or what, like, is it does it offer them a, even a five percent boost from their their pay? Like, I just wonder what that what that looks like. She wasn't talking about any numbers there, so I'm just curious what that looks like. I could probably look it up, but uh, eh, probably not. Anyway, here's a RFK Jr. Um, talking about the presidential race, um, which he is uh, apparently a uh, part of. Um, you know, the Democratic Party has been my home for my whole life. You know, the Democratic Party has been a home to my family for since we came over in right. 1848 it, during the potato famine. Right. Probably the most iconic Democratic family of all. So yeah. you're a Democrat. Um, you're running for the Democratic nomination. One thing almost every Democrat agrees on is that Joe Biden is better than Donald Trump, uh, even if Joe Biden isn't perfect and that Donald Trump, most Democrats think, is a threat to democracy. Do you agree with that? We've got to stop governing by fear, using fear as a governing tool, and we've got to stop running on fear that if you, you know, if, um, if you don't, if everybody doesn't stay in line, right. that this, you know, boogeyman is going to take over our country. You know, we can't, we, we have to have democracy in our country. We have to have a lot of people running and a lot of people talking to each other and debating and have unscripted you know, uh, interactions. Right. You know, I, I'm worried about that, that our country is going to be governed not by somebody who is, you know, fully um, has the, you know, the mental fluidity and the acuity and the, and the uh, dexterity that is required to govern this country and that the country instead will be uh, governed by a bunch of faceless technocrats with lanyards who nobody's ever heard of who are making decisions about whether or not to bring us to nuclear armageddon so he's talking about like the staff by the staff that's how most presidential uh, like most uh, white houses work actually the staff calls the shots not necessarily, they don't call the shots, but they're certainly a, a big part of the decision-making process. That's where they're there for. And, and we're very, very close to that right now. And I want, you know, a president up there who can make those decisions and who are going to, who's going to, who's going to understand everything, you know, the entire landscape. And I think President Biden needs to show us all that he, you know, he has that capacity. There are so many doubts, so many Americans have doubts about that. And I think 70%. 
have questions about his mental acuity. And you know, I'm not going to make a judgment one way or the other. But what I say would say is, he needs to come out of the White House and answer that question. You know, he needs to have down halls and unscripted interactions. And you can't, you shouldn't be able to run for president. And the only Americans you're talking to are your donors. So, but if the final choice is Trump versus Biden, right now you're undecided. If it's Trump for, I, you know, I am not, I am not going. I'm. I don't have a plan B. I intend to win right. this election. <laughs> you're not going to win. Talk about what I'm going to do if that doesn't happen. So he's one of those people that the more <clears throat> the more that the average voter finds out about him, the less they like him. Um, so is if if he like starts to rise enough in the polls that he starts getting more mainstream media coverage, it's, he's just going to drop in the polls because people are going to learn about uh, his crazy shit. Like he believes in chemtrails and shit, dude. Like he's he's a fucking wackadoo, and so I think more people are going to find that out about him and like the the, the sort of whatever shine he has from being a Kennedy is like going to going to dull very quickly as people learn more about him. So <clears throat> this guy right here, his name is Tim Miche. Miche. I don't think you've Mish. I don't think you've ever heard of him. I hadn't heard of him till like today. Um, he is the head of the national school board coalition. And he might have a little something, something to do with all the crazy school board meetings that we've been uh, seeing clips from and watching in a longer form on Tuesday nights. I'm Ted Misha, chairman of the National School Board Coalition. We are getting conservative Christian candidates elected nationwide, every school district. What's happening in the schools? How many of you heard of the RFID chips that are in student IDs now? Okay, it looks like maybe 1% of you. Most okay. of the school districts have chips inside the student IDs that track their locations. They say it's because they want to make sure they're safe. Where in schools is it not safe? They track them outside the schools. The devices they use to read those chips can be bought by anyone, including child predators. If your child has a student ID they're carrying with them outside... What the shit is this guy talking about? This is bullshit. ...the school, the predators can track your child as well. What else is this happening is in schools? I know of at least two school districts in Colorado where they're teaching kids in chemistry class how to make methamphetamines and other deadly drugs in the classroom. <laughs> That's amazing. They're teaching the kids how to make meth in chemistry class. They're teaching our kids how to kill themselves in the schools. There are at least two school districts in Colorado and many across the nation where the satanic temple is teaching kids in the classroom. Tell me that is not after school programs, not in the classroom. These are after school programs not evil that's crazy oh, that, so <clears throat> the satanic temple does have programs in schools because you let the kids have a christian club you have to let the kids have a satan club and but these are not they're not doing like uh, instruction it's after school programs and they're probably wholesome as shit right i have bad news for everybody uh, kevin sorbo wrote a children's book and uh, we're going to hear about this on uh, the real america show Book right here and this deals with the you know the test of linehood and i'm on the road right now doing a lot of publicity on that book right now good for you and it's really not bashing anything it's about letting boys be boys yes and they yes. have a strong mother and a strong father raising them up to be boys 
into strong men and hopefully strong fathers down the road. That's all the book about. It's not bashing anybody. It's not bashing any group of people. It's just a book saying, let boys be boys. And as far as I'm concerned, let girls be girls. Let them decide when they become adults and yes. they're old enough and mature enough where they want to go with their yeah. lives. Kev, let's talk about something on this very somber day of September 11th, right? 22 years yeah. ago today. Let's think about if this toxic masculinity movement from the crazy radical left would have been in place 23 years ago. If we'd have been a year into this push and had softer men, what do we think would have happened? Do you think hundreds of brave men would have rushed to save people? Do you think then thousands would have signed what? Yes. to defend this nation and take out the terrorists? Well, no. that's, a, that's a different. If you're creating this whole thing of men act more like women and be softer and be more this and that and stop being so masculine, you need brave, tough men to keep this country safe. If we what had this shit? going back 70, 80 years, we would have never won World War II. We would have lost World War II if, if, it, if the feminists were in charge. Get the fuck out of here. What a, what, what, a, what a crazy thing. I'm glad he didn't really spend a lot of time on his book, though, because I, I hope this guy's book is a failure. Up next, we got uh, Josh Feirstein. Uh, haven't, we haven't played uh, clips of him in a long time. I thought maybe he'd gone away, but apparently not. Been hanging out with uh, maybe, maybe with George Santos and just uh, laying low a little bit. Here he is uh, playing the hits, talking about masks and vaccines. Listen to me. I understand and let me speak now to the cameras around the world, to every pastor that's watching this broadcast, to every Christian that has cowered in your home. I realize that for this last year that maybe you've been fed fear and fear and fear, but the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You have a sound mind. You don't have to wear the mask. You got Jesus. Jesus. You don't need the vaccine. You got Jesus. You could have both. Plenty of people uh, believe in Jesus and uh, wore masks at the store and took the vaccine, actually. This is not a not an either-or scenario. What a weirdo. Um, speaking of religious kind of kooks, we got Greg Locke. Um, apparently, he's mad at uh, demon owls. I don't know why he's mad at demon owls. But he's mad at demon owls. Um, thought it'd be interesting. We haven't played a Greg Locke clip in a while either. This guy's fucking off his fucking rocker. You know what's interesting? That the Illuminati's main symbol is an owl. A creature of the night. Now, I'm not telling you that owls are demons. I am telling you that Lilith many times will come in the form of an owl. I will tell you that. Because it's a creature of the night that is a representation of demonic powers in the Old Testament. And is a representation of demonic powers against all of the tyrannical people that we call out on the left right now. They celebrate the owl god. <laughs> Surprised you didn't bring up uh, Bohemian Grove. I think there's a giant owl there, too. I think Alex Jones saw it when he went to Bohemian Grove. We got one more. We got a mega pastor. Uh, well, one more. One more uh, religious kook. We got MAGA pastor Shane Vaughn um, talking about how he's like losing people at his congregation for uh, whatever reason. I had a man literally leave my church this week because I mentioned Donald Trump in the pulpit. 
mixing religion and politics. Let me tell you something. I hope I lose everybody if that's what they leave for because God called me to stand up for America, to stand up for Donald Trump, and it'll be a cold day in the gates of hell before I ever shut up. Everybody can leave. I know my calling. I know the moment I'm living in. The problem with preachers, they're scared to death to mix politics with religion. You cannot separate politics from religion. They are one and the same. That video looked like it was from the 70s, right? It, it, everything about it looked old. But, um, yeah, I mean, religion has is generally a political thing it has been uh, you know part of politics throughout time that's not untrue it's just that that guy's a wacko and we got uh, two more clips here and there about uh Russell Brand here's Russell Brand uh he was trying to get out ahead of the stories that came out about him and of course it's all a fucking giant conspiracy of course Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Now, this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack, and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks, as well as some pretty stupid stuff, like uh, my community festival should be stopped, that I shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. But amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies, and as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent, and I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before. Yeah, obviously, it's all a conspiracy. Like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of, and we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you, you're getting too close to the truth, Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago there was a spate of articles, Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist, Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. And I mean, my no, people are just criticizing you. That's just more speech voice along with your voice. I don't mind them using my books and my stand up to talk about my promiscuous consensual conduct in the past. What I seriously refute are these very, very serious criminal allegations. Also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. Now, 
I don't want to get into this any further because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I feel like I'm being attacked and plainly they are working very closely together. We are obviously going to look into this matter because it's very, very serious. In the meantime, I want you to stay close, stay awake, but more important than any of that, if you can, please stay free. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's weird that he, like, he... He's like, I used to be promiscuous too. He's trying to like, kind of lean into this, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a like traditional now or whatever. And you know, uh, it, he, he's like, oh, these uh, news organizations are coordinating. I believe they're coordinating or maybe the people who made the allegations just went to multiple news organizations with their allegations. Um, the, you know, you don't have to be coordinating to come across the same information as somebody else. And our uh, last clip here is uh, Alex Jones being like, oh, um, I'm going to defend Russell Brand because that's uh, that's real good for uh, Russell Brand's brand to be defended by Alex Jones, I'm sure. Hey, I know Russell Brand personally. I knew him back when he was married to Katy Perry. He's come on the show a few times. We've hung out some in Austin. I've never seen women throw themselves at anybody like with him. And, and I mean, I've seen the old footage of Elvis with women pulling their panties off, throwing them. It's like that, okay? At restaurants, at one of his events I went to, it was literally women jumping at us, okay? And he's a big guy in person. No one ever accused him for the last 15 years of assault. They say he's a big sweetheart. And now because he's not true, there was, an article, there was something in 2015 that came out. Pharma, he comes out against the globalist, he comes out against the New World Order, suddenly the allegations are happening to him. Yeah, he comes out against the globalists, the New World Order, and suddenly the allegations are coming for after him. Except that, that there was there was an article in 2015. There were probably other articles that I couldn't find, but this, this is not true. This didn't just all of a sudden happen. <clears throat> so, uh, sorry everybody, there's no post game tonight. Um, some stuff came up today, and I have uh, some things that I have to do early tomorrow, so I gotta kind of tone it i gotta kind of shut it down this evening i almost didn't do the show tonight but i was like ah, i gotta do the show gotta do the show gotta put out a podcast so um i'm off on tuesday going to that open mic that my friend uh, melody renee does uh, we might even get patty k out there this time so i'll make sure to raid someone cool send you some more good and uh, things will be back to uh well as normal as they possibly can be around here on um wednesday when i return i'll see you guys then
Can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live? Then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.